When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks, LHR. Hello, everyone. It's episode 208 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. You can find us online at www.clnsmedia.com. Follow us on Twitter at CLNS Media and at Facebook at facebook.com slash, yep, you guessed it, CLNS Media. And it is time to bring on an old friend of mine, and somebody I've really looked forward to all week having on this show, and that is one Christopher Price. We were colleagues at uh, across the street at weei.com covering uh, the Patriots uh, for three Super Bowl runs, I believe it was, Chris, and uh, certainly had memorable times along the way. And uh, the Patriots obviously lost Super Bowl 46, but uh, we covered them in victories over the Seahawks in Super Bowl 49. And most recently, uh, just last February, of course, the uh, most famous comeback in football history, frankly, uh, Super Bowl 51, the 34-28 overtime win over the Atlanta Falcons. I welcome, with no further ado, to this show... One Chris Price, now of Boston Sports Journal. Chris, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, my friend. How you been? It's good to catch up with you. Yeah, it, it's kind of like uh, the uh, uh, the roles have been reversed a little bit, and I'm hosting you on a podcast. <laughs> and you know what? It feels very good. I guess first of all, uh, before we get into your new book that is out, The Drive for Five, uh, the remarkable run of the 2016 Patriots. Uh, from St. Martin's Press. Uh, I want to also tell people that, obviously, since we last spoke publicly, you have a new employer, and that would, of course, be Greg Bedard and the Upstart Boston Sports Journal guys are doing tremendous work right out of the chute. What has that experience been like, Chris? It's been tremendous. First of all, thanks for asking. It's been uh, a lot of fun. There's been some anxiety there because it's you know, it's just it's a startup, and so part of that is just you know that that kind of comes with the territory when you're part of a startup. But at the same time, you know, there's also a, a sense of intrigue about the way the whole thing's going to kind of come together because it is a subscriber-driven website. Now we got uh, 1.1 million page views and over 4,000 subscribers in the first month, and the response has been incredibly gratifying to to be able to to wake up every day and see that subscriber count in the corner of our main page continue to climb has been a lot of fun. And we're going to continue to work very, very hard each and every day to reward the level of faith that people have in us. It's, it's interesting at a number of levels, not the least of which you are now held to a higher standard because you work for a subscriber driven site. You know, you, people are saying, 
all right, pal, you know, we're paying our $35 a year or $5 a month or $75 for three months, whatever the case may be, or three, three years, whatever the case may be, uh, you know, give me a reason to come to the website. And so that has been, it's, it's been a challenge, but it's one that I, I think we've all embraced. And Greg is the guy behind this, but it's been awesome to get a chance to work with guys like him, guys like Sean McAdam, Joe McDonald, Brian Robb. Um, it's been a lot of fun. So like you said, we, we've gotten off to a good start. It's been very encouraging, but I think we have an awful long way to go. Well, I, I think what's really interesting, and I thought about this right away, Chris, when I found out the news that uh, you were working with Greg. Greg is certainly one of the more respected and most respected uh, football writers in the country. I mean, he uh, did tremendous work when he was with the Boston Globe, obviously uh, developed his reputation there, uh, went on to Monday Morning Quarterback. He's been all over the road in terms of uh, his exposure throughout uh, not only New England, but throughout uh, the football world uh, in general. And I've got to imagine for you, it's got to be kind of a thrill to work with someone who has been exposed at the highest levels um, to uh, covering the National Football League. It really is, Mike, and I'm glad you say that because I, I think that, you know, we know, we've joked back and forth that, that I'm a bit of a football nerd when it comes to the X's and O's and that kind of stuff, and we've had those conversations before. Yep, um, But football the thing where, where it really, exactly, exactly. We, the, the, when it really hit home for me, what I was involved in was when um, we were sitting on the hill watching training camp, and, and watching training camp with Greg, you think you kind of know pretty much what's going on, but being able to sit and watch camp with Greg, you see a whole new level. It, it really is fascinating. And, and, and to be able to work with, with him in that regard, and, and to have him put a priority on football stuff, not any of the nonsense, not any of the, the gossip, not any of that, but just really hardcore X's and O's football stuff. I know that's not everybody's cup of tea, right. but it's been really great to, to, to be able to, to do that, to focus on that, and then kind of circling back to the first question, you know, to be able to get the response that we've been able to get. And, and so, you know, you kind of take it all, you know, for, for what it's worth, but, but, you know, that for me really was an eye-opening part of the process, and, and it's that's just one thing that, you know, that, that I've learned from being able to work with Greg, uh, you know, throughout this process. And it's just one of many things, but, but that's the first thing that really kind of jumped out to me. Well, and I know that this means a lot to Greg that you're just going to talk football and stick really to the stories because there are enough football fans out there who want to just read as much as they possibly can about the football team and not all of the ancillary stuff that goes on mm-hmm. around it. And look, we understand. We understand what our former employer did and uh, was all about and, and understand it was a business to them. And I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other websites are, are very similar aggregators, uh, you know, websites that collect social media posts from players and other newsmakers around the NFL uh, that's part of the business, but what I, I really I think I appreciate about what you guys are doing and your the approach you guys are taking is you're trying to you know, kind of filter out all of the uh, I don't want to say nonsense, but all of the social media stuff that doesn't matter to football fans. And yeah, and I, I think there's something to it, and I think at the same time, I think the, the word that I keep coming back to, Craig, is, is prioritize. And that stuff has its place, and people like it, and people, you know, enjoy it, and they kind of knock it around a little bit. But at the same time, 
you know, the priority for us is on the field, in between the lines, whether, you know, the court, the rink, whatever you want to put it, across the four major sports, that's the priority. That stuff, that's the thing. And, and that is what, that's what's going to continue to drive us, keeping the focus on that, on the field, you know, in, in kind of staying away from, as you mentioned, kind of all the, you know, all the ancillary stuff, all the nonsense. Yeah, and, and I think it's really, believe me when I say this, a, a you know, breath of fresh air, if uh, anything else. It's to just cover Thank a team. And, 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 you know, I'm sure the fans feel that way. I'm sure you feel that way. Let's use that as a segue to these 2017 Patriots. Bill Belichick is always fond of saying what happened in the past has absolutely no impact on what's going to happen this year. And that uh, he means it. And I think, you know, this team is starting from scratch. Uh, obviously, th- there are certain people, uh, other teams around the NFL that don't really buy that. They know that uh, the Patriots have their core uh, of players on both sides of the ball. Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman. Offensively, you have Donta Hightower. You have Malcolm Butler. You have Trey Flowers as a base on the defense. But I want to get your read on how the new players, you know, you're around this team day after day after day, how the new players are assimilating. And a couple of the guys that I have my eyes on are, are Brandon Cooks and Mike Gillisley. We've seen Brandon Cooks out on the field. We haven't seen Mike Gillisley. Defensively, I think Stephon Gilmore uh, had a good debut uh, in Houston. I thought he looked pretty good on the first couple of uh, defensive series. Uh, and then, obviously, one of the guys everybody is talking about um, is what is going to become of uh, Coney Ely. I mean, is he legitimate? Mm-hmm. So I want to get your read on those four players. Uh, well, I, I also want to make sure that we talk about, you know, an ex-Bengal, because I'm talking with you, and I haven't had a chance to, Rex to get your Burkhead, baby. Rex Burkhead, baby. So, so let's... Let's let's fold him into that group as well. Okay, if you been, insist, uh, I'll, I'll play along. <laughs> he's been a bit of a revelation because I, I think that when you looked at the depth chart, you say, okay, well, Gillisley looks like a between the tackles guy who can get you, you know, carry the ball two hundred so times a year, eight hundred yards, and you know, kind of be that bluntish type of guy. But right. you know, I, I think his his work in the passing game really for a lot of people opened a lot of eyes, and I think that. He is really pushing. That can get we can kind of segue into 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 Gillisley now. You know, I think Burkhead is pushing Gillisley. And you've heard you've heard Tom talk about this before. You've heard Brady talk about this before, especially this time of year. You know, the train is leaving the station, and if you're a new guy who is not on board, you might get left behind. I'm not saying that's going to be the case with Gillisley, but there needs to be a level of urgency now that maybe we haven't seen from him to this point in the summer because that running back room has a chance to be a really special group. And if you can get, let's say, Burkhead, uh, you know, James White, Dion Lewis, and Brandon Bolden, who I'm convinced is a zombie and is never going to die. He's been around since 2012. People forget that. So you, you talk about all those guys. That's a pretty good group to begin with. And, and I'm not saying that Gillespie's going to be left behind or his roster spots in doubt, but, but he's one of those guys who I want to see right now. i, I got to get a sense of where he is, what he can do. Um, Ivan Sears loves him, so, you know, take that for what it's worth. But, 
you got to see him within the context of this offense. He's a guy who, who faces a couple of really interesting weeks here before the start of the regular season. Um, that being said, you know as well as I do that you, it's almost impossible to kind of sit there and prepare for what the you know the Patriots running game is going to look like because we're going to sit there and we're going to say, well, this guy's going to go for this, this guy's going to go for this, and you know, you right. all blow and, it up. And and we've seen before, no, Chris, nobody knows anything. Not not to interrupt you, but we've seen before how the offense evolves, how the even the within. Uh, the offense, the running game evolves throughout the course oh, of yeah. sixteen game season. It's a very long season, yeah. and Belichick knows as well as anybody you need three or four quality backs uh, to get through the yeah. season if you're going to be an elite offense. Exactly, exactly. I always look at running backs the same way people look at starting pitchers. You know, and inevitably people always like, well, what are you going to do with all these running backs? Well, someone's going to get hurt. Someone's not going to pick things up. You know, it's just the, the way things are going to kind of come together. So I, I think. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not, you know, sounding, you know, I don't want to sound alarmed about Gillespie, but, you know, you want to see him on the field sooner rather than later. Um, the thing for me about Cooks, and I've made this comparison before, he is incredibly, incredibly fast. He's maybe one of the faster guys on this team, maybe the fastest guy on this team right now. But people are kind of, it's kind of being overshadowed a little bit by his quickness. And I think you understand what I mean here. He's got great straight line speed, but he's also really, really quick. He, for me, is a little bit more like Dion Branch than Randy Moss in his ability to work intermediate routes as well as deep routes. He doesn't have the same sort of creepy ESP that Brady and Branch have quite yet. You know, that might be coming. Who knows? But at the same time, the variety that he offers when it comes to the receiver root tree within the New England offense I think we're kind of sleeping on that a little bit. And so I want to see how that continues to develop. It looked really, really good so far. And I think that there's every reason to be optimistic. I, I did the over-unders this week for our site. And I think I had him at something like 60 catches or so this year. But he's going to have the best yards per catch average on the team. He's going to be the guy. He's going to be the game breaker. He's going to be a home run hitter for this offense, but, but it's going to be fascinating to see the way that continues to come together. The other thing for me, and you asked about Gilmore, Gilmore, Gilmore's been good, but I think I've been surprised, and he's also really, really fast, um, but I was surprised at his level of physicality. And what and He can play a little bit of a more physical game than some of the other cornerbacks they've had here over the last couple of years. So uh, Gilmore, for me, is he looks good at this point in, in you know, the, the bigger picture there is that this, and I know you're a fan of, of, you know, McCourty and some of the other guys in that secondary, this secondary is going to be absolutely dynamite this year. You know, there are questions about so. that front seven. There are questions about Cody Alien. Who's going to rush the passer? And, you know, wh- what kind of production are they going to get at the edge spot? Can they replace Minkovich? This secondary it has the capability to paper over an awful lot of deficiencies, you know, if they do tend to pop up on that front end. Well, and I'm going to repeat something I said on Twitter, Chris, and that's uh, here on Tuesday, the returns of Donta Hightower, Nate Solder, and Mike Gillisley. I really think that's a sign uh, from, from Bill Belichick that, hey, look, the extended uh, portion of summer training camp is over. It's time to get on with the serious business. Uh, leading into the, you know, what is traditionally the most important dress rehearsal game of preseason, and that is the third preseason game uh, in Detroit. Do you agree that you know seeing Donta Hightower, Nate Solder, and Mike Gillisley back at practice uh, was significant on Tuesday? Yeah, I do. I, I really, really do. And, and I'll go back to the phrase I used before. There's at this time of year, and you know, you've been around there before. 
at this time of the calendar, when it, when it turns to late August, the sense of urgency starts to pick up a little bit. It, it's not just on an individual basis. It's not just guys who are on the bubble. But, you know, when, when camp breaks and they move toward that regular season schedule, the tone changes around that building. That's not to say it's not intense during training camp, but things start to kind of turn a little bit. And you get a sense that the regular season focus has begun. They don't know what kind of team Bill said this the other day on, on, on the air. They don't really know what kind of team you have until you kind of get a couple weeks into the season because of the CBA and the, you know, the rules on hitting and, you know, padded practices and all that. But you do get a sense of things starting to change around there. And that's one of the things today that you really started to get a feel for because things really kind of started to change or you, you can really sense it in the building. The fact that Hightower was back, the fact that Tolder was back, the fact that Gillespie was back, there's a different mood there. And I think that it all kind of ties in together with what goes on around this team at the end of the year. Everything goes well. How many wins do the 2017 Patriots wind up with? 14. I think for, I think I think I think if everything goes if everything works absolutely perfect for them and, and that's that you know they stay healthy and you know they catch some breaks and then you know they, they you know they catch a few teams in bad spots. Yeah, look, they they never there's always one game every single year that and we've discussed this a million times before yeah, that, we have. that they, they 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 shouldn't lose but they do end up losing for whatever reason a bad bounce an injury a mismatch whatever the case may be. I think fourteen and two is thirteen and three maybe is is, is a is, you know, this, this is what the team feels like and that's good enough to get to the first seed and that's really all that matters here when you're talking about the big picture. My money right now, if they're going to lose a game, I'm looking at that Oakland game, the Raiders game in Mexico. You know, the Raiders, if the Raiders stay healthy, they're a good young aggressive team. Patriots are going to be going into a weird atmosphere, a weird environment. You know, it's one of those things that just, you know, it just kind of feels like a loss as we sit here now. Maybe things change between now and, you know, the, the, the kickoff of that game. But that's, that's that game for me this year that you just look at and go, eh, maybe not so much for that one. Okay. You know, that is a tremendous segue, the 2017 Patriots, into what they're building off of last year. We started the podcast by saying, uh, Bill Belichick starts from scratch every season uh, last year. doesn't matter what happened. Uh, it doesn't matter what happened uh, last year, rather. Uh, but we're going to uh, break from that uh, train of thought right now and talk about your book, uh, which you I thought it was remarkable that you turn, turned it around as quickly as you did. Uh, but there are some fascinating chapters uh, in The Drive for Five, the remarkable run of the 2016 Patriots, you have a great forward from Devin McCourty, and you have an afterward from Matthew Slater. Uh, two of our, as I can vouch for you, uh, two of our very favorite players uh, in oh, that yeah. locker room for the last several years of this uh, great run of the 2010s uh, for the Patriots. Uh, but what were some of the more enjoyable uh, chapters that you had to write in this book? Well, I, I think it, it, the, the ending is always the most fun, especially in this case, the way everything wrapped up, the the Super Bowl and the drama. And I've had a couple of Patriots fans read it already and say, look, I know exactly what happens, but I love reading it. I get goosebumps. And so you go back and you rewatch that game, you know, the, the whole game, and not just from the middle of the third quarter on, but it's absolutely remarkable what happens. It was so much fun to be able to go back and revisit that. It was so much fun to be able to go back and revisit 
you know, the conversations with guys like, you know, Martellus Bennett, like Garrett Blunt, you know, the guys in that locker room who were so much fun to cover on a regular basis. You know, it, it was, it, it really was. One of the remarkable things, first of all, it's easy to write a book like that. It's easy to turn around a book like that when you don't have a job. <laughs> so right. writing from February to April, you know, it, it, it wasn't like I had something else to worry about. So I, I was able to kind of turn it around relatively quickly. But, you know, you would write and write and write and write and write, and then you get to a point and you say, oh, man, I don't know what else I'm going to you know, talk about here. But then inevitably you would remember another story and another story would pop up and another, you know, another memory would kind of bubble to the surface and say, Oh, I got to put something in about that. Or I got to talk about this. or I got to talk about that. And when you consider the arc of that team from July of 2016 to February of 2017, all that it went through, you know, no one's going to shed any tears for the team if they, if they don't like them. But, but you consider the soap opera aspect of what happened that season and it was absolutely remarkable. It, it, it really, really was. I mean, I, 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 and this is something I think we've talked about before. The, the, the seasons, the most remarkable seasons that we have covered down there, I would put 2001 and 2007 off in their own orbit because they were just so remarkable and so compelling and right. so out of it, you know, out of your head, just ridiculous at times. But I'd put 2016 third because of the, the, the drama that went in week to week. And, you know, it, it's not just the wins and the losses, but it's, you know, the stuff around the election, the Jamie Collins trade, the Brady suspension, you know, the, the daily, you know, the, the daily saga that was Martellus Bennett, you know, it's just there's story after story, after story, after story it was such an amazing season. And thank goodness we were able to turn it around as quickly as we did. And, you know, we'll have the book, the book available as we sit there now, available for pre-order uh, on Amazon and, you know, other you know other outlets and stuff. But it's going to be out on September 5th. We're very, very excited with the way it turned out. Okay. Guess which chapter was my favorite. This should not be very difficult. <laughs> Take a guess. Is, is this a PG podcast or an R-rated podcast? It's, uh, it can be R-rated. You can clean it up. Uh, if you like, uh, but it's chapter eight. How about how about I, I'll, I'll I'll kind of clean it up myself. Work bleeping hard every bleeping day. Work effing hard fair? every effing day. And I'll tell you why this is yeah. my favorite chapter. It's because the player that we have mentioned before. It's a quote from Martellus Bennett um, as to why. The Patriots were able to overcome all of the distractions, Gronk being out, Brady suspended the first four games. And he says, because we work effing hard every effing day. And, you know, obviously, he, he in the locker room to us and to you, uh, he did not say effing. Uh, but, you know, we'll leave it to the imagination of our um, adult uh, listeners to figure it out. The, the, story, the reason that hits home with me is my moment after the Super Bowl uh, that I'll always remember is going up to Martellus Bennett and saying, wow, this is why you came to um, New England, isn't it, Martellus? In that staging area, he was, you know, with his daughter mm -hmm. and it was just a surreal, surreal moment. And he says, man, this is awesome. Gives me a big hug. And, you know, and, and you're kind of incredulous, right? I mean, you don't know what to do, but yeah. the, the guy is pouring out sincere emotion. He knows, he recognizes you. 
Uh, he recognized me in that instance uh, in that staging area under Reliance Stadium. And it's just one of those moments where, you know, you really get a sense that the, it means something to this player, in particular, Martellus yeah. Bennett. Yeah, it, it really did. It, he was one of, you know, if this was a fictional book, he would obviously be one of the heroes of the story because he was kind of the comic relief over the course of the 2016 season to some extent. At the same time, and, and this is something I keep I keep saying this, but you can forgive me. We talked about this before last year. When you consider what he went through in 2016, you know the, his toughness. We, we kind of forgot about his toughness a little bit, and you know we we talked about the comedy and not uh, you know the jokes and the you know I've dated two girls at the same time and work effing hard every every day, and, and there's, you know there's all that, but at the same time. He had some pretty serious injuries that he dealt with. And, and, and you know, you, you remember that and you take things away, you know, like that about the season. But, yeah, I mean, he was he was absolutely dynamite to, to, to deal with in the locker room on a regular basis. He was absolutely fantastic to talk to. And, and I think that when you look back on the 2016 season, like I said, I mean, he's one of the unsung heroes. He's one of the guys who made it all work, especially after Gronk went down. You, know, you also look at the fact that he was – really in a lot of ways a mentor for some of these younger guys, Jacoby Brissett in particular. So yeah, they really, even just for one season, they really got their money's worth when you're talking about a guy like Mark Tuttle in terms of being a tone setter, in terms of being you know tough, in terms of being able to bring that level of production on a daily basis, on a weekly basis that they really, really needed, especially after Gronkowski went down. Why did you want to write the book? You know, it's really, really interesting. My agent and I were working on a different book, and over the course of the season, I would kind of go to him and say, well, you know, I think this, there might be a book here, you know, especially if they win the whole thing. And he kind of went, well, you know, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. And then all of the stuff, that stretch with the Seattle game and the election and Donald Trump and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady kind of took everything to the next level. But they kept winning and winning and winning. And they're a compelling team anyway, but they got even more compelling. And then after the Super Bowl, you know, the most amazing, unbelievable finish in, in, in Super Bowl history, my agent texted me at like 3 a.m. after the game saying, we got to do a book. We got to do a So I wrote it. I wrote it on the way home from the Super Bowl. On, on flying home, I started writing on the way home from the Super Bowl. And, and we were fortunate enough to strike a deal with St. Martin's. Um, and it was all contingent on us turning it around relatively quickly, but you know we were able to do it. And I, I felt like, like I said before, this, this wasn't a 2001 team. This wasn't a 2017. Those teams were just remarkable in their own way. But I felt that there was enough stuff here when you're talking about the 2016 team and everything that it went through that would make for a compelling story. And, and I, I think it does. And I, I hope that, that Patriots fans out there will agree. One more time, how can Patriots fans either pre-order it or uh, obtain a copy once it does hit the books bookshelves? Well, you can go to Amazon.com now, uh, BarnesandNoble.com, you know, any, any one of those the online booksellers. They have it now. You can get it for pre-order. Uh, it does hit the, the bookshelves on September 5th if you want to go that route. I'm going to be doing signings all around the area. I have one scheduled for... I believe the first one is scheduled for September 9th uh, in Framingham at the Barnes and Noble, but I'll, I'll be tweeting that stuff out. You can check out my Twitter account at C Price NFL. 
but yeah, if, if you want to, you know, if you want to go check it out, please feel free. Tell me what you think. As you know, I'm very active on social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever the case may be. And we're also going to be doing, you know, Boston Sports Journal this season. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be traveling with the team on a regular basis. So even if you're not in New England, if you're, you know, if you're a Patriots fan who's in New Orleans with the team, you know, in, in, in town for the, you know, the Patriots Saints game, we're going to try and set up tweet ups and that kind of stuff. And we're going to be bringing along complimentary signed copies as well. So there's going to be no shortage of places where you can get the book. But right now, if you want to do it, you best bet probably on Amazon.com for pre-order. Is Greg going to pay the overage prices on luggage when you haul like 500 <laughs> copies of it? Is he? Exactly. That's right. That's, that's, that's part of the contract, man. That's, that's, in, that's in my rider, like a, like, a, like a rock star, right? As you it know? should. As it should, Chris. As it should. One more time, how can people follow you on social media? Uh, I'm on yeah, I'm on Twitter at CPriceNFL. I'm also on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash C Price NFL and you could read my stuff each and every day at bostonsportsjournal.com. That is tremendous. I really appreciate you taking time out, Chris. It was fun as always. This is just like being back in the uh, Patriots uh, workroom, media workroom, and uh, you know, BSing uh, right before Bill Belichick takes us the uh, podium. I, I feel like uh, you know we're back home together again. Without the without the loud chatty cameraman. Yeah, right, right, right. And no, and no offense to our friends, and no offense to our friends who work very diligently and very hard every single day covering the New England Patriots. But um, that can be, as Chris Price likes to say, a bus station, and sometimes <laughs> can be a challenging place to work. Stay with CLNS all day on game day, starting with the CLNS. Media New England Patriots pregame show with Alex Barth a half hour before every game. Then you can catch the postgame show with Marvin Ezon and Mike Molino live after every single game on clnsmedia.com. Subscribe to both on iTunes and Stitcher and YouTube now. Also get daily team updates on the Patriots Newsfeed podcast with Tyler Trudeau, which is also available on the CNS Media New England Patriots postgame show feed. Available again on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and the CLNS Media Mobile app. I'm Mike Petralia. You can follow me on Twitter simply at Trags, T-R-A-G-S. Until next time, thanks for listening to this Patriots Beat podcast on CLNS Media. What's going on, Pass Nation? This is Marvin Zone of the CLNS Media Network, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice. And we're live on CLNS Radio immediately after every single pass game. Calling at 929-477-2386 toll-free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter posts for the plays of the game, and everything else that is going on with the five-time Super Bowl champion. Subscribe to CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show on iTunes and Stitcher. And the best way, download the free CLNS Media Network mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, anyplace, anywhere.